I preached this November 20th, 2005, so I preached this 13 years ago on Tuesday. Uh, it'll be 13 years ago, and she's the only one that would probably remember this. She's probably got notes in her Bible, maybe. Oh, good, she does I didn't have to say it. I was trying to make a disclaimer right off the bat, but anyhow, she doesn't remember. That's all right. I don't remember what I preached last week, you know, let alone 13 years ago myself. Psalm 107, uh, let me... Get right into the text here, verses 1 to 22. Let's stand as we read the scripture, and we'll, we'll read responsibly. We'd like to do that. So let's read the first 22 verses. I think we read 22 verses this morning, so let's read 22 tonight here. So I'd like to read the whole chapter, but we'll, we'll cut it off halfway through and read to verse 22, all right? So let's begin here. Psalm 107, 1 to 22, reading responsibly. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all their distresses. Uh, and he led them forth by the right way, that they may go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the, the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of all out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. In verse 22 is our text verse. Let's read it together. Ready? And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Heavenly Father, bless the minutes that we have. And Lord, give me clarity of thought. Lord, there's so much I would like to say, and Lord, uh, maybe should be said. But Father, for time's sake, uh, just help me say those things that need to be said tonight, we pray. And may you receive all the glory and praise, and may we be praiseful people this night, we pray, and every night and every day, we pray. Morning and evening and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and lift up my voice to, to heaven. Lord, I pray you bless now in these moments, Holy Spirit of God, in Christ's name I pray, amen. You may be seated tonight. The song says, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. The phrase, the sacrifice of praise is found, the, thanks, the sacrifice of Thanksgiving, verse 22, is found some eight other times in, our, in the scripture where God says, bring into the house of the Lord the sacrifice of praise. This is one of the many psalms, some 17 psalms that are specifically known as psalms of thanksgiving. This is one of those psalms. 
And of course, the rehearsing of the children of Israel and how they played the prodigal many times throughout their history. We talked about the playing the prodigal this morning. We said that we, everybody has a little bit of prodigal in us. And when we turn to the Lord, we read the verses. When they turned to the Lord, the Lord heard them and healed them out of all their distresses and out of all their trouble. And uh, God calls us to be thankful. God calls us to offer the sacrifice of praise. I just in a soundbite to let you know that we live in a thankless generation, a thankless society. It was a thankless society in 2003 or 2005 when I preached this message. It was a more thankless society in 2018, I'm sure of it. Just in soundbite here, and I won't give you all the details here, but uh, uh, the, the, consider the thankless for just a moment. There's the lovers of self. And the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse, verse number two, that for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boastful, proud, and a whole list of other things that men are that are lovers of self. We're self, uh, lovers of self-achievement, of self-gratification, self-glorification. And it leads us to be thankless in our thankfulness to God. We take all the glory ourselves. And it's a... It's a it's an ungrateful attitude when we have this, we're lovers of self, we become self-consumed and self-absorbed and we don't give God the praise like we should. Unthankful people are bitter people, unhappy people, often full of hatred, malice, revenge, jealousies, envy, strifes, and we live in a whole world of uh, lovers of self, but not only lovers of self, there's other class of thankless people and they're sometimes, many times synonymous, they're lovers of sin. And there are many people that love sin tonight across America and uh, across, uh, across Connecticut and across Litchfield County for that matter. They love their sin more than they love, love God because when they knew God, Romans 1.21, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became, became vain in their imaginations. And they love their sin. If we go to Jude, thank, thanklessness is the root of apostasy. But let me get off that here because I'm not talking to that type of group of people tonight. I'm talking to the people that it's not your case tonight. I know that you came here tonight to offer the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. I know there's other things you could be doing on Sunday night. For example, right now I'm going to tell you there's millions of Americans, there's many more multiplied millions of Americans sitting at home watching the television, watching their favorite football team play football than they're in the house of God. And I'll let you in on a little secret. A lot of those people, millions and millions and millions of people that are at home watching football tonight they're also Christians. They, they, they claim to love the Lord, and hopefully they love the Lord, but they'd rather be lovers of football than lovers of the Father. And I, I know that's hard preaching, and I shouldn't, let me just get off it and move forward here. But, but uh, I think better of you. God's called us to have the attitude of gratitude. God's called us to offer the sacrifice of praise. And good things happen to praising people, and we want to look at that tonight here, and this is really the message uh, I want you to consider who you are tonight, the people that praise the Lord. The Bible says that uh, the, the thankful are those who are lovers of the Savior. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The people that are thankful, are their singular names should be Christians, anointed ones, saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just give, fly through these. Let me give you eight Reasons to be thankful from our text, of course, and we'll just, just, just a soundbite for each of these. Psalm 107, verse number one. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks 
unto the Lord, for he is good. Notice, first of all, that first reason to be thankful is because they, or eight reasons to be thankful, that is, because they recognize the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's good to all. He makes the rain to rain on the saint and the sinner. He gives, makes the sunshine shine on the saint and the sinner. The Lord is good to all. And we see that word good right away in Genesis chapter 1. And everything that God made, he saw that it was good. God, for the record, is a good God. Amen. He's not a mean God, a wrathful God, a God of vengeance. And, uh, oh, there's a vengeance side of him. There's a justice side of him. There's a hell, hell to be paid for those that reject Christ as Savior, that's for sure. But God is a good God. God is good to his children. And Christians understand that. God is so good. And this thing is just a one little praise chorus. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Reason number one why we ought to be thankful is because God is a good God. Reason number two, verse one, verse, latter part of verse one. For his mercy endureth forever. They are thankful. We are thankful because of his mercy. Oh, thank you. Thank the Lord for the child of God that his mercy is everlasting. His mercy endures forever. Now, his mercy won't endure forever for the unregenerated, but for those that are regenerated and saved, his mercy is everlasting. I've given the illustrations to my grandkids over and over and over again. They can't, even when they're naughty, there are a couple of them that were actually naughty this week. I know you find it hard to believe my grandkids be naughty, but... But uh, even when they were naughty, one of my lines I love to use, I use it with my three girls and I use it with my grandkids. I love you anyhow. I love you no more. Even if you don't love me, I love you anyhow. It doesn't matter. And I just tease them a little bit when they're acting up and, and acting maybe bratty and so forth. No, they always get mercy from Papa, of course. We get mercy from our Heavenly Father. But then thirdly, verse number two, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are thankful for his salvation. We're, we're part of the redeemed. We're part of the purchased ones, the bought ones. We're, look, look, the latter part of verse number two says this, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We're thankful, fourthly, that we've been redeemed from the, we have received redemption from the enemy. And we're not going to the enemy's home. We're not going to hell any longer. I've been convicted about this a long time. I said, I just got to work up. I got to go back to the archives and get to my earlier days of pastoring when I used to preach messages on hell. And I don't preach messages on hell anymore. Nobody wants to hear about hell. I don't even like to think about hell. If I, I don't even like to say the word hell for that matter. But we need to, don't we? Yeah, we do need to because there really is a hell of shun. And it was on a message where a preacher, a fiery preacher that I'll, I never knew his name. I haven't known his name for nearly 50 years now it's been. It's working on 50 years, 48 years. But an old-fashioned fiery preacher came to our church on a Friday night service, revival meeting, and I got saved because he preached on hell and I didn't want to go there. And, uh, and thank God for that. When I get to heaven, I'm sure the Lord will identify to me who that man was that preached that message on hell, and I'll thank him. But I'm not going to the place of the enemy because I've been redeemed. Then uh, I want to thank God, and we can thank God for a sixth, uh, fifth reason we're thankful for his indiscrimination. Look at verse number three. And he gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. He gathered them out from Ohio and Connecticut and Florida and North Carolina and wherever you happen to... How many were born down south? One, one person. How many were born in New England? 
That's most of you. Amen. How many were born outside of New England? Well, thank you. You're five of you. Okay, most of you are New Englanders, but it doesn't matter where you, where you lived. You ever stop and think about how God called you to indiscriminately uh, from your place that you were saved at, and he saved you from the, he's, he's, from the northeast, south, and west? And I, I think of my own upbringing, and I just am astounded how God saved me indiscriminately. I didn't deserve it, but he reached out, and by his grace, he saved me. Verses 4 to 6, just glance at it. We'll go to verse number 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and, delivered, and he delivered them out of, all, or out of their distresses. I'm thankful for his provision and for his protection. Verse 7, for time's sake. And he led them forth by the right way. I'm thankful for his direction in my life. The Bible says he led them forth by the right way. So if you want to cross-reference first, I have one in my Bible here, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in all his ways. I just feel so blessed and so privileged. I was talking to one of my high school classmates uh, just two days ago. Uh, uh, Bob called me from uh, Florida, and uh, we talked, and we, he went to the 60th birthday party. of We all turned 60, all those 1976 graduates of high school. And he went to the birthday bash in Ohio and, and uh, a couple hundred kids my graduating class and uh, there was like 35 people there for this graduation uh, 60th birthday party. A lot had died and a lot and so forth. And I was thinking, we were going through the names of people that were in our class. And you call me, you say, well, you just think you're special. Well, I do think I'm special, actually. Because when he went through the names, I was thinking, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And and I uh, went through the whole list. I got people in my mind uh, uh, that I went to college or went to high school with and so forth. And I feel like I'm the most blessed of everybody in my whole high school class of Jefferson High School, 1976 graduating class. I'm saved and redeemed. Daniel, someday I think if you don't feel that way already, you'll feel that way for the rest of your life that you're the most blessed senior, right? You're senior, right? At Lewis Mills High School, there is in the whole school that's how good God is to us. He, he, he directs our steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Uh, I could have made, maybe I could have, I could have been a bum, but I could have maybe, maybe made some serious money. But I'd rather be in the house of God, serving God in any day of the year. And I'm thankful. I feel like a rich man, and uh, not filthy rich, but holy rich. God's been so good to me. And he's directed my steps, and I thank God for that. The steps of a good man are ordered. He led them forth by the right way. Then lastly, verse number eight, of course, or verse number seven, it says that they might go to a city of habitation. We are thankful finally for the fact that one day we'll go to our final destination. I saw Peggy uh, Isley after church this morning here, and she's up, and uh, I'd like to sugarcoat things, and uh, let me sugarcoat things by letting you know that she was able to smile and laugh a little bit. She's uh, up on the sixth floor there, but she, she really did a number. This is the third time she's broke her hip now. And uh, she did a number. They put it in a, put it in a bar, in a, a rod, rather, March star yesterday, I understand. And, and uh, they did three, the three joint, the three, uh, uh, I want to call them balls there, but uh, they, she broke her hip in three, three places, if I understand it right, and it was pretty graphic. And uh, Peggy, for the record, and she's been wanting, looking forward to this, and you folks who are younger, you don't understand this, but... Peggy's looking forward to her final destination someday, I'll just say it that way. And she's looking forward to heaven, and she, you can't scare Peggy with heaven. 
She's looking forward to heaven, and we have all that going for us. And so this evening here, I want to give you, and here's the message here, and I got, I'm racing here. I, here's, I want to give you the benefits, six benefits that those who would commit the sacrifice of thanksgiving or the sacrifice of praise, six benefits for them, all right? So let's, let's look at this text and peruse through uh, some other verses nearby or psalms nearby, Psalm 107. And let's look at six benefits of thanksgiving. Benefit number one, when we praise the Lord, we enter into his very presence. We enter into his very presence. Turn with me, please, to Psalm 100 and uh, just a few pages back in your Bible. Psalm 100. This used to be a psalm. I won't embarrass you by having you raise your hand, but no, I think I will. I think I will. I'm not embarrassing anybody. I'm not trying to. How many have memorized at one time or another? Maybe you can't do it now, but how many one time in your life memorized Psalm 100? How many of you? Yeah, a handful of you. Make a joyful noise in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, is he that has saved us, and now we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Verse number four, let's try it together, ready? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name, for the Lord is good. Let's finish it out. And his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Amen. Good singing here. And we enter his gates. He, his permanent address, Lord's permanent address is the address of praise. The inhabitants of praise is Psalm 23, verse 3 or Psalm 22, verse 3, excuse me. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Psalm 118, and verse 24, the Bible says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That reference, by the way, is the Heavenly Father. We believe that's a reference to the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ going to the cross of Calvary to die for our sins. It pleased, Isaiah 53, the Lord to bruise him. God was satisfied with his righteous sacrifice. When God offered, his son offered the sacrifice of praise on the cross for our, our sins and to make atonement for our, our salvation. And of course, and so we, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And so this settles the, the vast mystery of the ages. Why is it that we praise the Lord? Well, that when we praise the Lord, things rapidly change. Our health changes when we praise the Lord. He inhabits the praises of Israel. The Bible says that a merry heart, do you know it? Doth good like a what? Medicine. One of the greatest things, uh, you know, I just take a quick side tra track here. Now, I don't boast. I mean, I, believe me, I, have things, I tell you all the time now, things are falling apart with me. I Believe me. I'm getting older for sure. There's no doubt about it. But overall, I still have pretty good health. And I haven't had a lot of things and, you know, some people, you know, were, were thinking luckily, and so, so you say it's just luck. And well, I think it's grace is what I think it is. God's been very just gracious to me. And um, I was dealing with somebody, and I had to be elusive, obviously on purpose. But somebody's on all kinds of medications, constantly going to the doctors, and I don't want to judge them. It's just a different lot, lot in life. But I also know some of their lifestyle that they lived, and it's like, you know, I, some of their they're paying for, I think, in my mind at least, I think they're paying for some of their 
non uh, non-discriminate rather in, uh, where they, where they, they didn't live right, and uh, and they have health problems to this uh, this day. They're they're I'm digging a hole here. I'm digging a hole fast here. If you on medication, I'm not suggesting that you're not right with God. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that praising the Lord gives health to your bones and to your marrow. That health, it's the it's a best medicine that you can go with is uh, to praise the Lord. Uh, he, he's, he's the medicine for our emotions, for our health, for our circumstances. And uh, God changes. All those things can change very quickly when we enter into his gates with, in, into his presence uh, and we praise him. Good things happen. Then then number two, turn to Psalm 106, just one verse for time's sake here, and uh, I say one, one verse, glance at two verses. The last two verses of the chapter, Psalm 106, save us, verse 47, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. And then the psalmist ends, concludes his psalm with, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Remember, all these songs were sung. They sang these in Hebrew these Hebrew Israelites. And let all the people say amen. Praise ye the Lord. And so there's a second committing the act of sacrifice of thanksgiving. It leads to the blessing of blessing the Lord. There's triumph in blessing the Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, well, fourth illustration already, here we go. Fourth grandchild illustration of the day Bradley turned 13 on November 2nd. And, uh, boy, he's changed big time. This, this has been the biggest transition change in the, in the last year. He's gone from uh, the little boy that he kind of was to the, you know, the young man. You know, the, his voice has changed. He put on a lot of height and uh, uh, put on a weight and so forth. And uh, he's just, his voice is lowered and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's, in a, he's uh, really maturing. But we got this thing, uh, uh, and he said a couple, three times over the week, he says, uh, and uh, he didn't know what he did for me, but he says, he just out of the cold random blue, we were just together alone uh, several times, it was just him and I, and he, just, and he just turned to me, he'd be embarrassed right now, I said, Papa, don't say that. He still calls me Papa, 13 years old, I like that. And he says, I love you, Papa. Uh, I love you too, Bradley boy. And uh, he has no idea what he does for me when he says that. It makes it all worth it. Nothing, nothing's better than that. When we say, I love you, Father. I love you, Lord. And I left my voice. Lord loves praises. We bless the Lord. And isn't it an amazing thought? There's no greater thought than this, that in the, 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 the mind of man and the mind of the Christian is that I can bless the Lord. Think about that. I can bless, you can bless the Lord. I love you, Father. I love you, Holy Spirit. I love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. We offer the sacrifice of praise that is the, the uh, sacrifice of, the, of thanksgiving and from the fruit of our lips. We can do it all, constantly, day after day. And so the third benefit, three ben- six benefits I want to share with you in committing the sacrifice of thanksgiving, we, we, when we do that, we get interest into his very presence. We, secondly, we get to bless the, uh, the blessing of blessing the Lord. Wow, think about that. We can bless the Lord. But thirdly, uh, go to Isaiah. One time we'll go out of uh, Psalms. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Let's look at these verses. Uh, Psalm 61, or Isaiah 61, excuse me. 
Consider the Lord's ministry. And I'll give you a parallel verse, or a paraphrase verse, or a parallel verse, rather. Luke 19.10, I think it's 10 words. The Lord gave the whole reason why he came to earth. He said, for the Son of Man, do you know it, is come to what? Seek and to save that which was lost. He gave his whole reason for coming, leaving the portals of heaven and coming to earth. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. He quoted these when the first time in, he was in Nazareth in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4. He quoted this passage of scripture here before us in Isaiah 61, verse number 1. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's skip down for verse 3 for time's sake. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them, notice this, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Reminds me of Psalm 1. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Notice thirdly, we commit the sacrifice of thanksgiving. When, when we do that, we are benefit by warding off the spirit of heaviness. He gives us joy for mourning. He gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He, he makes us be, we're like trees planted in the, the house of our God that bringeth forth our le- fruit in his season, our, our, our season. Our leaf shall not wither. There's, there's a, the, one of the best remedies for depression and is, is praise. And uh, uh, can't read my notes here. Well, that's what I get for scribbling. Uh, depression and praise cannot coexist in the same heart. Nothing terrifies the devil more than praise. Wearing the garment of praise will ward off the spirit of depression, discouragement, and despair. When we, it's amazing what praising can do, the song says. You know, I've turned it around here. I've been turning things around here. I've had a bad attitude for many years, and I still have remnants of this bad attitude. I've had a bad attitude with regards to the, the political state of our, especially our, our Connecticut, our the state of Connecticut. I just, I don't, I don't get it. And this election, you, you know, we, we, you know, like I said, almost all my candidates lost. I mean, the, the wrong people, for the most part, got in office. It's like, how in the world can this happen? How can this be? And it just, you know, normally it would drive me crazy. I actually, Tuesday night, I, I just kind of, I'm flipping this thing around in my mind. It's like, you know what? Hey, I'm a child of God. I get to live in Connecticut. I don't have to live in Connecticut. I get to live here. And I started thinking about some things that are beneficial to living in Connecticut. And I can start naming a whole bunch of them, quite frankly. I mean, the beauty of it, the people, the opportunity that we have in these last days to, to preach the gospel. I'd rather be here than, and I make jokes about it down in the Bible Belt. I mean, I'm not bashing anybody that lives in Virginia, Christians live in Virginia or North or South Carolina, whatever. But they got a lot of Christians down there, folks. We don't have so many up here. We got an opportunity in here. We got an opportunity. We got, and you know, yeah, we were one of the most highest tax states. I always think about that. But how about we're in the most highest income states as well? God's been, God's blessed us. God's taking care of us in spite of all that's happened. God's taking care of us, and He's a good God. And I'm not going to, you know, I, I look at, I have a tendency to look at the cup half full. I kind of look at all the negative, and God says, no, 
but so I want to give you a spirit of joy for the spirit of heaviness. I want to give you gladness instead of mourning. I don't want you to be down in the mouth and Eeyore, everything's terrible. No, I, I want you to, I came to give you life and give it more abundantly. I mean, I, I thought in my mind too, I went back in this and I'm reprogramming myself here in recent days and months again. I wanted to come to New England. God gave me the desire of my heart. God, let me do this. I, this is what I asked for when I was a young 20-something-year-old, the thrill of coming to New England. And when I heard Ron Comfort preach in chapel and, and maybe as a 19 or 20-year-old, 20 20-year-old, 20 I guess, in Bible college, he said about the great need for gospel preaching churches in New England. That's all I needed to hear. I was like, okay, I've always loved New England. I'm going to come to New England. And God gave me the desire of my heart. What a good God he is. I'd rather live, I mean, I talk about Ohio, but I, I'm glad I don't live in Ohio. No offense to Ohioans. I don't know where the Buckeyes are anyhow, so you don't care. And we got some Illinoisans, Illini, and we got some, Indiana. it's great to live in Connecticut. God, look on the praiseful side of life. I'm starting to preach here, and I didn't mean to do that here. I was trying to teach you here, so let's move on here. Let me give you the fourth point real quickly here. I got three more points, or just two more, two more, excuse me. Miraculous, let me give you the fifth, fourth thing it is. What happens when the benefits of offering the sacrifice of praise? And here it is. It's Psalm 50. I'm just going to quote you the verse I have written down here. When we offer the sacrifice of praise, miraculous deliverances take place with praise. Miraculous deliverances takes place with praise. Psalm 50 in verse number 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And him that offers his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Now, I really believe this. I touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but I, and I know some of you don't like our president, and I know that he can talk crass. I understand that. I get it. Listen, I voted for my president. To, I voted for Donald Trump to be my president, not for him to be my pastor. I would abhor, abhor to have him be my pastor. I would, I would leave the church in a heartbeat if he was my pastor. But I didn't vote him to be my pastor. I voted him to be my president. And I, I think... And, and, and I think of that night, that election night, when everybody, all the pundits, all across... If you follow this... The whole world was already anointing the, the lady as the queen. The whole world. And somehow, now even Fox News, CNN never, never would happen. MSNBC, they would mock, they would laugh at this concept. But I believe millions of Christians are praying all over the world, oh God, be glorified. God, give us one last chance. And God blessed us and and uh, now we've had an election two years later, and it's, it's turning another side. It's going the other way again. And uh, that's all right. God is still on the throne. That's all right. It's fine. God's able to give miraculous deliverances, and the economy's been roaring and so forth. And that's, not, that's just, I know that's on the material secular side, but God's able to bless in such a wonderful way. Did I quote the verse, Psalm 50, 23? Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that glorifieth... Uh, Good boy. Uh, glorifieth, I don't know what that next word, or his, his, yeah, there it is. Glorifieth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. Good things happen, miraculous things happen when we praise God. Paul and Silas were in jail in Acts chapter 16, and at midnight they sang praises to God. And the, and the, the earthquake came, and the, the shackles were loose, and the prison doors were open, and you know the rest of the story. Peter praised God in prison, and God opened the gates, and God delivered him in a wonderful way. Let me give you the last one here and then summarize. 
when we offer the sacrifice of praise, praise in the, is, is, in the believer's arsenal is the chief weapon against the enemy. Turn to, turn to Psalm 8 here, and I'm not even going to have you turn to the last verse here. I'll just give it to you. It's in the New Testament. Psalm 8. Look at Psalm 8, verse number 2. Very important verse. You see, praise, notice what praise uh, equals. Psalm, where is it? Psalm 8, Psalm 8, Psalm 8, Psalm 8. I don't have it marked in my Bible here. Psalm 8. You getting there? You there? I'm, st- I'm still not there. I'm stalling. Psalm 8. There, I'm finally turned. There I am. Verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who hath set thy glory above the heavens. Oh, he's a grace. He's a wonderful God. But out of verse number 2, the Bible says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained. What's the next word, class? Strength. Now, you probably have a, refer- you have a reference Bible. You'll notice that you have alongside of that probably Matthew 21, 16. There the Lord quotes this verse. And he, he says, Thou hast ordained strength. And the Lord quotes the verse from this very verse right here. And he says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. You see, praise and strength come from the same Hebrew root word. The Lord Jesus said, you know, when you praise me, you get strength. Good things happen when you praise me. I'll end with, uh, and we're just a moment here, we'll sing. I wanted to go to Psalm 149, verse 49, for the three of you that are taking notes. And uh, the weapons of praise will tread down all of our enemies. But I want to end with a story. And we're going to sing page 16 in just a few moments here. In fact, you can turn there in your book if you want to. It's to page 16. Let me end you the story. The story of Stuart Hamlin. Stuart Hamlin for, now I'm going back to the 60, 70, and 80-year-old crowd and 90-year-old crowd. Stuart Hamlin was in Hollywood. Stuart Hamlin did a lot of cowboy. He was a singer. He was a country western singer, we would know him. He was a cowboy singer. He was nationally known. Stuart Hamlin, in fact, this song that we're about ready to sing, it was the first song, first Christian song to make the country western charts, top number one song, the pop chart back in 1950s, and the Christian charts, all, it was the number one synonymous song, all through, song all three of those venues of genres of music, per se. But Stuart Hamlin, uh, who was that cowboy, Audie Murphy? Was it Audie Murphy? Uh, no, 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 not him. But anyhow, uh, well, let me give you the more famous one. Uh, he did a lot of movies with a guy named John Wayne. True story, look it up yourself. But Stuart Hamlin, Billy Graham was preaching a crusade in the, I think it was the early 1950s. Stuart Hamlin went to his office and Billy Graham wanted to get on his radio station because it was a powerful radio station in California and so forth and throughout the, it was syndicated even back in those days throughout the country. And, uh, and Billy Graham did get to go on the radio station, of course, and pr- pr- uh, promote one of his uh, uh, crusades, of course. And uh, he went back and he was... He was working in the world of Hollywood, but he became a devout Christian, and he, he didn't. And he quit drinking, and he was part of the what, what, he resurrected what was known as the Prohibition Party. Stuart Hamlin did this. In fact, he ran for president of the United States in 1952. Uh, he probably would have been our president, but a guy named Dwight Eisenhower, five-star general, beat him out. Of course, he got the fourth number of votes, and he and but uh, he went back to Hollywood and. Uh, 
He worked with a guy named John Wayne, who I don't know if was a Christian or not. I don't think he was. I don't believe, uh, uh, what was his name, John Wayne's? Oh, it doesn't matter. The, what, the Duke? The Duke. Yeah, I don't think John Wayne was a Christian, but, but Hamlin shared these, he, he's, he's, he was talking to him about his Christianity, and Hamlin was talking to John Wayne, and uh, he said, it is no secret what God can do. And uh, I was questioning him about his salvation, or about, about his Christianity, his newfound Christianity, and John Wayne said to him, he said, you know, you ought to, you ought to write a song about that. And he wrote the song that we're about ready to sing here in just a minute. There's no secret what God can do. What he did for others, he can do for you. Back to Psalm 107, you need not turn there, verses 8, 15, 22, and I think it's 29. I don't have my Bible open to the Four times it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, there's blessings in praising the Lord. It's amazing what praising can do. Let's bow for prayer, and then we're going to sing this song here. We're going to close with uh, singing both these. Maybe we'll sing it through twice here. And uh, do we have a, yeah, can you play? I know you can play that, anything. You can play, Rebecca. I know you can do it. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, truly it is amazing what praising can do. Lord, you inhabit the throne room of praise. Lord, you actually love it. It's not that you're conceited, Father, but you love it's amazing that we're, you allow us to bless you by saying, I love you, Lord. What a privilege to the thought that we can bless the God of all eternity. Miraculous deliverances happen when we praise you. Lord, it drives away the spirit of despair and, and uh, discouragement when we praise you. Lord, we look on the happy side of life again. We realize that our mercy, your mercies are everlasting in our life. And Lord, Lord our truth, your truth endures through all generations. And we're going to go to heaven forever and ever. We have so much to be thankful for. And so, Lord, it's no secret what you can do. I pray tonight, Lord, maybe there's somebody unbeknownst to me, Lord, going through a difficult time. Maybe they're looking at the cup of their, in their life uh, half full. Maybe they're seeing all the negative. Maybe they're, Lord, uh, not praising you like they ought to. Maybe they're looking at... Uh, the, the sad things of life and the frustrating things of life instead of looking at the God who gives everlasting life and gives it more abundantly. Help us to praise you like we ought, we pray, because, God, you've ordained us to praise you, and you give us strength when we praise you. I pray you bless in these moments of even reflection and invitation tonight, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand and let's sing. Uh, uh, play that through. Play that through.